All right, Blaze, we are live for our first podcast. Let's go ahead and introduce ourselves to everyone out there. Blaze, who are you? Great. Good morning, everyone. I'm Blaze, the cycling advisor. I'm based here in Central Maryland in the Mid-Atlantic area. I help families and small business owners with very affordable health insurance options, which this time of year, that's on everybody's mind. Uh, and I'm a photographer many years. Uh, the last year I set up a uh, actual company, Blaze Neal Photography. Great to meet everybody. All right. So, uh, and, and I'll just introduce myself slightly for everyone. Uh, my name is Hank. I'm actually a business and IP attorney. And uh, Blaze and I are just a couple of knuckleheads who have been uh, cycling and drinking way too much bourbon and from time to time talking business for I don't know, maybe the last 15 years or so. Right. I mean, and, you trained me on my first century, if you recall. I don't know how yeah. many years ago that was. That's how we met. Uh, yeah. I was training on team and training to do a ride around Lake Tahoe, and you were my coach. That's how we yeah, met. Yeah, and, and I was lined up to get married, and so I had a lot more time back in those days, and, and so now it's a little bit more limited. But right. we were just on uh, one of our regular bike rides that we tend to go on from time to time, and we thought to ourselves, we're talking about this stuff anyway, all the time. We have fun talking about it. And there's probably other people out there that are talking about these things, namely bourbon, bikes, and business, right? So why don't we put together a, a little show? Maybe everyone out there can join in, uh, uh, you know, pipe in with their comments uh, down below about what they'd like to hear about and their thoughts on whatever we discussed today. And we're just going to put this thing together. We're going to kind of wing it. Again, this is our first show. We're not sure how this is going to show up or what it's going to sound like, but we're going to give it a go. Um, we have a very loose agenda today. So the, one of the first things that we want to do to start off our show is uh, we're going to have a little drink for each of our shows, a little bit of bourbon. Blaze, what are you drinking today? Uh, I've got my stand-in favorite, Old Forester. Let's see if I can get it. Old Forester 100, which I went to visit there last May and I got hooked after drinking way too much bourbon last year, I'm sort of cutting back a little bit this year, but this is my stand-in favorite. Uh, on yeah. ice, neat, mixed, it just goes well with everything. Yeah, you, you can't ever go wrong with the old Forester. Yep. Um, so as uh, you can probably see behind me, I have a little bit of a collection here, but my standard go-to every day, all day, is some wild turkey rare breed. Ah, so I felt it um, proper to commence our first show with my favorite stuff and and blaze you already know this but today just so happens to be my birthday happy birthday so birthday. this is a birthday bourbon cheers um, so i'm just gonna pour a little bit for myself hopefully you poured a little bit for yourself blaze i did um, so uh a little bit of cheers cheers Blaze, for our first show all right for anyone out there who's not familiar with the wild turkey products. We're not sponsored or anything like that. Obviously it's just our first show. No one even knows about us, but I love the whole wild turkey line. Uh, the rare breed, the rare breed rye, um, all the way up. It's just good stuff. It's got that nice spice, nice little bit of sweetness to it. You can't ask for anything more out of it. A uh, regular go-to bourbon every day, you know? Yeah. They do have a great line. I like the one Oh one, uh, Wild oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a stamp. You can mix it. You can just drink it straight. You can do whatever you want. For $20 a bottle. Can't beat it. I mean, yeah. the 101 is all day, every day. Yeah. I've said, um, I've told you this before, but two bottles 
Two bottles is all I really need in my life to be happy from here on out. One bottle would be the budget bottle, the Wild Turkey 101. Right. The other bottle would be the premium bottle, the Rock Hill Farms. And you I give me those two bottles that's all I need. I haven't had Rock Hill Farms, so I gotta have to try that. It's so good. Hard to find, but so good. Is that out of Kentucky, obviously, too? Rocky yeah, it, um, I believe it's a Buffalo Trace product. Oh, okay. One of the, right. the premium products that they have. Yeah. Um, so good. So it's we've gotten good. our show off to a, a great start. We got our pour here, so um, even better start. One of the first things that, that we want to talk about today, we're going to be talking about as we go on different bike discussions, and Blaze and I have a whole litany of things that we want to talk about and endless discussion. We're trying to keep these things to 30 minutes. Yeah. Whether we can actually keep it to 30 minutes or not, that's going to be a challenge. So the the first thing that we go back and forth on, um, and and Blaze and I, we're a, little bit like, we're a little bit like a married couple. We bicker from time to time. We argue about things from time to time. Most of the time we're good. you know. But one of the things we go back and forth on is this big debate between disc brakes and rim brakes. Right. You know, what the heck do I need disc brakes for on my road bike? Do I need disc brakes on everything? Is this just a marketing scheme by the industry? Like, Blaze, let everyone know what your thoughts on the matter are. I mean, I've been riding bikes for, I guess, like 22 years now. It shows my age a little bit. But I've had rim brakes for probably, let's see, five, seven, maybe two-thirds of that. Uh, so that when I bought my crux in 018, I went to my first disc, uh, set and now I have a salsa cutthroat with disc I've had for a couple of years, which I love and I don't have any rim brakes anymore. And I'm not complaining about anything that I can think of when it comes to rim brakes. They last forever. Crux was, uh, I think a SRAM red hydraulic. Which need a little more maintenance than what I understand my Shimano GRX 800 series on my uh, Salsa. They said is a lot less, they're hydraulic as well, a lot less maintenance. So for me, maintenance, I ride a lot. I ride anywhere from three to 5,000 miles a year. And, you know, my mechanic reminds me, this is why you have to have this done or that done. And I'm not mechanically inclined whatsoever, like you are. You're a little bit more mechanically inclined than me. So, okay. How about well, you? let me tell you what my thoughts are on the oh, matter. We, we know what this is coming. I mean, that, that's certainly a reasonable approach you have. You can't argue with it. But, you know, I come from a, a weight weenie triathlon background. You know, every gram that I can spare, I'm going to spare. So for the life of me, I, I do not understand. You will go onto YouTube and you will... You will go to a review of the latest bike, the the cutting edge, super aero race machine out there. There's a sit down with the engineer who meticulously planned this thing. And they go on and on and on about how this is the most aero bike ever created and the wattage gains and everything else. If it's the most aero bike out there, why do they have disc brakes on it? The disc <laughs> is, is an impediment. To arrow, it's literally a little wall going round and round that air is going to slap into. Now, I'm no aerospace engineer, but it seems to me. But you said you are unless you have some so. kind of cowling, arrow cowling in front of it or something, that that rotor is create is surface area, which is going to create drag. drag yeah. And so there's no possible way that any disc arrow bike is going to be as arrow 
as it can be, which is what they have said. Not to mention, not only are they making these bikes less aero with the disc brake, but they're also making them heavier. The frame has to be heavier. The fork has to be heavier. You have calipers, you have rotors. The wheels have to be more robust to for the, the torque and everything. But, but, but isn't it all about where you're riding too has plays into that. Like, are you riding yeah, on the road? So, are you riding in mud? Uh, right. So that's my next point. Like me? So yeah. given all these things, granted for mountain, for gravel, for anything where you're going to get really mucky and dirty Wet. all day long, give me gravel, give me uh rotors, okay. give me disc brakes. Oh, but, we agree on something then. Okay. That's good. But if you're going to give me the fastest, most aero lightweight race machine don't you dare put disc brakes on that thing yeah i mean my neighbor just did a triathlon he had disc brakes on his canyon so i guess yeah he and he could have done it 30 seconds been, faster right? <laughs> he just gave up 30 seconds over an iron man <laughs> that's, that's the same cool. it's the same guy that didn't wear any chamois cream for whatever <laughs> that's another story he, he should just swim just stick to swimming ridiculous oh, no actually i i don't use chamois cream either although once you mentioned that when we went on a ride a couple of weeks ago and you you happened to mention <laughs> that and we were going on a long ride through uh lancaster right i actually did my old trick it's not chamois cream it's vaseline and i actually did uh apply some vaseline down there but That's terrible no, i don't not, know not it worked same. not the same everything was comfortable for the entire ride mm -hmm. everything was good and I was, get a flat. You didn't get I was a flat. using a road bike with rim brakes. So it's the first time you've never gotten a flat on a Hank adventure. I, I believe if I, I recall, don't jinx me. It, it will still happen. <laughs> no, we, I bit, but it was very, very comfortable, fast rod because I didn't have disc brakes. Cause I was riding on a road. Right. So anyway, um, that's my thought about, uh, rim versus disc. If it's a road race machine, Give me rim all day long. It's lighter. It's more arrow. If you're going to put me in the muck and guck, then give me discs. This is is that fair? This comes from the guy that has a bike for every day of the week. And well, he gets a different one every yeah. three, six and plus one. <laughs> but so that so that raises the point. If I know this as someone without an aerospace engineering background, the bike companies have to know this. And so, what is your thought as to why? they have almost mandated that every bike have disc brakes. You mean like the bike right behind me right here in the tour? Yeah, that's slow machine. He's got this right there on probably Teddy Picanto. That 18-wheeler. <laughs> so what's your question again? I'm sorry. <laughs> why, is the, why is the industry, in your opinion, mandating that we ride disc brakes on everything? Eh, it's like everything else. Marketing, marketing, the next trend. <laughs> trying to standardize their cost i, I don't know or, or disc brakes less expensive than the other you would think they'd be more i guess they could charge you more for your bike and mark it up more uh, I so I, I guess the standardization is a fair point yeah um so they don't have to make all kinds of different bikes in all different kinds of ways yeah. all different kinds of frames that weigh differently and components and everything else right uh and so there's probably buying power that goes along with that too you know you you don't want to buy three different group sets where if you bought one group set for, you know, across your, your range, you would get a much better, uh, uh, price per group set. 
And that takes me to something that just happened recently. I went to order new disc brakes for my cutthroat, my cutty, and I went to a reputable place, and we'll talk about that on another podcast about where to shop for stuff. And I got took it to my bike shop because I'm not putting stuff on. I'm not mechanically inclined, as I said. But he said, look, see this? Made in Japan. These aren't are, – are they're made in China. The real mm-hmm. ones are made in Japan. So he said, you bought a knockoff. I said, you can't. Oh, I got them from a reputable retailer online. So there's a lot of that going on where you don't know what you're buying. You got to be really careful when it comes to components yeah. these days. So. Yeah, that's interesting, which, which is going to bring us to a talk in a, a later episode. My One of my favorite things, and we're not going to get into this at all no. today, but one of my favorite things is Chinese bikes and componentry. In fact, I just sent you a link today for what I bought myself for my birthday. I saw that. a new uh, Sensa Empire group set for my uh, trainer bike. So we'll see. We'll we'll talk about that at a later time. China and trainer bikes, okay, but China and well, I don't know about the other stuff. Yeah. Other day. All right. All right. So <laughs> so that's the bike discussion for today. I think we've put to rest yeah. the entire debate about disc versus rim. I think from now on there needs no further debate on the internet. <laughs> It is disc for anything mucky, and it is rim for anything fast. I like that. We agree on this. I agree on half of that, so that's good. (laughs) All right. We're moving on to the business segment of the podcast today. Did you introduce yourself about your business, what you do? Yeah, you did earlier. Yeah. All right. So why don't you start? What's what's new in your business? Stop snapping at me. (laughs) All right. So – what we're going to be talking about today, so Blaze and I, we're both business people. We're in different areas and industries of business, but we both come across a lot of different entrepreneurs, um, solos, business people, corporate people um, along the way in, in everything that we do. We talk to a lot of people. We hear a lot about the trends. We obviously read the news and, and newspapers and so forth. So, you know, there's obviously a lot going on in it not only in the national economy, but the in international economies today. Right. I mean, you have Chinese real estate uh, kind of shaky. Uh, you got inflation all around the world through the roof. Yep. Uh, certainly at home here, you got inflation through the roof. You got all kinds of different d- dynamics. Now we got a couple, you know, kind of proxy wars going on that America's involved in all kinds of stuff. What are you seeing from the business people that you come across as, you know, major concerns or major trends? Well, I, I do a lot of networking, maybe a little more than you, like we were saying the other day, because most of my business comes from referrals. So whether I'm networking in person in the mid-Atlantic or on a Zoom call with people, I'm hearing some consistent things about things really slowing down. Uh, listened to a realtor yesterday and said, in our county, there's only 102,000. So 20 years ago, well, it hasn't been that low. Uh, and when a house does go on the market, uh, people are getting cold feet because of the interest rates. So like, it's almost like the brakes are being put on. And then I said, well, the question is, well, how long is it going to be like this? And they're like, well, I guess we'll see come January, February, if it gets better. But she was saying she doesn't think it's going to much sooner. So I think I- everybody's seeing this slowdown. I don't even know if we've hit bottom yet. You know, that's the other big question. Yeah. So- What's they're they're trying as hard as they can to pump the brakes on this thing. The, the problem I was talking to someone last night is it seems like so much of this economic growth, this locomotive that's heading down the tracks is from government money. It's synthetic. 
It's not really based on productivity. And so that's been going on for three years, probably. Now. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing the middle class just getting killed right now because inflation's so high. They're not getting any more in their paycheck. They're getting squeezed every which way from Tuesday. Everywhere you go. And government is just pumping this money out through things like the CHIPS Act, the Inflation Reduction Act, um, which really hasn't done anything but increase inflation. And and so they're they're on the one hand trying to pump the brakes and on the other hand still feeding the fire the fire. So and on top of that, now we're in wars in two areas that are, you know, heavily responsible for oil. And so you're going to see energy prices still inflated. Personally, I think we're still going to get one more bump on interest rates in the year. And I don't think anything's starting to come down even until 2025. Yeah, I think they said it just popped up to eight percent for the first time. Recently, yeah, you know, mortgages and stuff. It's like yeah. crazy. And I was at the yeah. post office trying to sell some eBay product the other day and shipping stuff. And I I looked at the the lady behind the desk and said, "Wasn't it just seven ninety nine in the last two years?" And it went to nine ninety nine, eleven ninety nine. Now it's almost fourteen bucks to ship a little tiny envelope across one state border. I'm like, geez, she goes, oh, stamps are going up again. So it's like every time you turn around, something's going up. Uh, yeah, and and you know the real problem is back in two thousand eight, the the Great Recession. We the government had some wiggle room to kind of get us out of the mess. You know they they did the quantitative easing and the whole thing, which is what initially brought down the interest rates, and it helped us get out of the mess. Well, right now the government has no wiggle room. They're they're got debt up to their eyeballs. And with these increased interest rates, they're paying huge interest payments. The average consumer is maxed out on credit cards. Delinquencies are through the roof. And so they have no wiggle room. They have no savings to get them out of a mess. And so when the the crap really hits the fan, there's really not anything we're going to be able to do from the government side or from the consumer side to really alleviate the pain it's going to have to alleviate itself and work through the cycle organically. And and that's really the tough part. Yeah. I mean, you and I both deal with a lot of small business owners, uh, self-employed, and they're the ones that are getting really hit. I don't know so much about corporate America is making their adjustments too, because you hear a lot of people get laid off these days too, in a down economy or this inflationary times we're in. But, you know, they're the ones that are really struggling, trying to figure out how to make things work. I mean, on my end, I'm in healthcare. So here's a crazy statistic. Before Obamacare, there were 40 million Americans without health insurance. So the whole idea is let's get everybody affordable health, right? Here we are uh, many years after Obamacare. And now it's, you know, it's called the health exchange in your state where you buy individual health. And I think we're going to be, by the end of this early first quarter next year, we'll be close to 60 million people out of, uh, with no health insurance. And why? Because of all these other inflationary costs, they're, you yep. know, they were maybe getting health insurance for a really good subsidized cost for three years during COVID. Well, that's all gone away as far as the government is saying now. They've readjusted all that, so people's costs have gone from two hundred a month to a thousand a month, and they're going, huh? I'll go without. So yeah. that's a challenge I see going into the new year. A lot of people are not going to renew their health insurance, which is crazy. So we're almost going backwards going forward so to speak yeah, and what were you just telling me about the athlete who um got hurt with no insurance or oh, was yeah. that um uh, 
Well, that was in a, a bike race locally. I found out there was a, a, a next, an ex-veteran. He's out doing a bike ride in the rain, the fog, goes to an intersection, gets airlifted to the hospital, life-threatening stuff. And then he has no insurance. So everybody's putting up a GoFundMe page. Hey, help me out on my insurance. And I'm like, why would you go do a race with no health insurance? Yeah. I mean, but people are doing mm -hmm. it. Well, and then they want everybody so costly. to take care of them when they have these huge bills. Yeah, and and I mean, if the question is, do I buy groceries this week and eat, or do, do I have health insurance which I may never use? Right. So you know, they're making some hard choices, unfortunately, right now. Yeah. Going forward, and that, that's I where feel, I come in. I, I try to help them with more affordable uh, health insurance if they're generally healthy, and that's why I came up with the mantra, the cycling advisor, to align myself with generally healthy people or people with a healthy lifestyle. I could potentially get a, a much better plan at lower cost. Yeah. That's what I do. Well, I, I feel so badly for the young people. Um, they're just getting crushed. They got school loans. You know, cars are through the roof right now. Housing's through the roof right now. Mm -hmm. it, even if they want to get married, it's difficult to start a young family with housing costs. and Renting with no write-off. I mean, like we were talking to my neighbor last night about that. It, it was like. You know, the most frustrating part of it, one of the most frustrating part of it is for me is the government continues to give us these inflation numbers, but they take out of it the two biggest factors for most people, which is uh, fuel, oil and um, and groceries, food. Mm -hmm. And but that's what people spend on. And if you actually include that and take out everything else, I think the inflation is is something ridiculously high it's like you know eight percent ten percent something like that and so that's really the number that you need to focus on when you're talking about okay how are everyday americans being affected but but they seem to be looking at these numbers that don't really mean anything to most of us you know um there's luxury items in there there's travel in there things like that and yes i get people who are traveling and so forth but really food and gas Food and gas. That's what people have to spend on. And, and they're not looking at that necessarily. And that's the crazy indicator from a year ago that's so different for everybody. I mean, if you have a huge family, I mean, you have a family of four, it's tough. I don't know how people are doing it with multiple kids and all those other costs that go along with raising children. You know, it's expensive these days. So. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway... That is a problem that uh, you and I can first solve world peace, and then we can solve world economies. How about that? We'll we'll work on those goals. <laughs> All right. So, actually, that's that's pretty much what we wanted to talk about today. Is there anything else on your mind while we're uh, on air here? Hmm. My ankles messed up again. I can't believe it. I like. You just need more of this. That's fine. <laughs> You'll be okay. I I mean, we did a 25 mile ride the other day. I was perfectly fine. I was fine yesterday morning. All of a sudden I got up and my ankles like going back to three, four weeks ago. Like it was majorly sprained. So I don't know what's going on. So maybe I'll go for a bike ride late today. See if it's. Yeah. Get that blood flowing. Get that blood moving. <laughs> what what could happen? What's the worst that could happen? I'll get ice on it. <laughs> I'm not well, going back to that doctor though. I'll tell you that. Jeez. Yeah, the uh, $250 boot. boot. Yeah, $250 boot to keep my ankle that I could have bought for 40 bucks at Walgreens. Yeah, we can have a whole discussion on what's wrong with the uh, medical insurance industry if you yeah, want. Right. Yeah, 
But yeah, right, so, we'd like to hear from our followers and uh, on some new topics that you'd like to hear us cover going forward. Topics, comments about what you heard today, what you liked, what you uh, disliked, uh, suggestions for the future, especially if you like what we put together today, please hit the like button below. Please subscribe right. to the channel. We'll be putting this out uh, every Wednesday, I think is our plan right now. Right. So a weekly podcast, uh, it will be both in podcast format as well as YouTube channel format is the plan mm -hmm. um, coming out every Wednesday. And so please subscribe. The more subscribers we get, you know, the more bourbon we can drink with you. So that sounds like a plan to me, right? Yeah. Awesome. Well, great to see you today, Hank. Uh, yeah. This is interesting. We'll see if we do this remotely and maybe a couple of times we'll do it together in the same studio. So it'll be fun. Yeah, or maybe we could even do it on a bike ride. How about that? That would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Figure that one out. Yeah. All right. Thank you for uh, joining us today, everyone. Thank you for uh, tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. Have a great week. Take care. Peace.